everyone, you're listening to Hotel Vicarious, a podcast where two best friends talk about all of their favorite TV shows and movies. This week on our Witcher recap, we're talking about season two, episode seven, Voleth Mare. Jenny. How are you doing? I'm all right. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm getting through the week. How about you? I am good. We made it through the five months of January. Yeah. What a long year it's been. <laughs> what a long year. Yeah. Like, I don't understand how it took so long to get here. Cannot believe that we are expected to go through this 11 more times. <laughs> it's true. I, uh, yeah, I don't, things are, time is moving weird in season three. (laughs) I was going to say, I think this is what happens when, like, your body starts to adjust to a pandemic. Right. Like, this is it now. Yeah. This is sort of what's, what life is. Right, exactly. This is the plague times. But, yeah, you know, um. I'm good, mostly. It hasn't snowed again, so... So you're not buried under four and a half feet of snow currently? No, I still am, but my driveway (laughs) is clear. There is still four... There is still at least four and a half feet of snow. Like, I went out into the backyard yesterday to fill my bird feeders, and I sunk down into Mm -hmm. the snow, and it went above my boots. Like, it went into my boots. Like, which, it was fine. Like, I was out there for, like, two seconds. It wasn't like it was you know but it like that's how high it was it was almost to my knees in the backyard in the front yard there's like the the snow banks like on either side of our driveway are like six seven feet high (laughs) or it feels like that there's like a specific kind of betrayal when you're trudging through the snow and snow gets in your shoes and like your ankles (laughs) are cold it's like maybe the worst thing to ever happen to you (laughs) in the entire world you're like excuse me I bundled. What is this? That is true. However, I don't know about you, but like there is a very specific period of time in my life from like maybe age 19 to like 27 when I just could not physically bring myself to buy boots that kept my feet warm (laughs) because they were not nice looking. Oh, sure, 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 sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was so... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was this... definitely me in college. Yeah, exactly. Because I was like, listen, if I can't wear my beautiful, like, leather riding boots, what is the point? Right. Why would right, I ever exactly. wear, like, Uggs or duck boots or something that's practical? I mean, I'm not even sure if Uggs are practical because I wore those a lot and they would just soak right through and I had salt stains on my Uggs. Like legitimately every pair of Uggs I've ever owned, I've had to throw out because they are salt stained. And it's like, yeah. girl, why did you wear your Uggs out in the snow? Mine it's Canada. Have... <laughs> Mine have become dog walking shoes now because it's like so easy to slip yeah. them on and slip them off. Yeah. So like any concerns I had about their like purity – gone sure now. Yeah. i have like paw prints on them yeah yeah exactly no now like in like now that i'm like 
deeply in my 30s. Deep, deeply in my 30s. <laughs> heading towards uh, the next abyss. Um, <laughs> I own, like, a lot of practical footwear. Mm-hmm. And, oh, there is truly nothing better than, like, warm feet. <laughs> when you're yeah. outside. Like, why did I think that? Is this sort of like when socks become a good gift? Like, is there's a turning point in your life that you're like, oh, damn, wool socks? Hell yeah. Best gift ever. If I was 15, I'd be like, fuck you, mom. I don't want these. I think there was a conversation a couple of years ago between me and our mutual friend, Caitlin, where we had like a really exciting day where I found like these thick cottage socks at Costco that we could wear with Birkenstocks. Oh yes. And it was like the best day ever. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, who are we? (laughs) Who are we? If I go into a store that has like one of those walls of like the fancy thick wool hiking socks, I'm walking out with at least three pairs. I don't care. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They don't fit into any of my shoes except for maybe my docs. And, like, I I love them. Yeah. Give me a big fuzzy sock any day. It's true. I will say, though, in terms of, like, pandemic living and plague living, like, I don't wear shoes ever. I only wear shoes to go. Like, I am, like, barefoot almost all of the time. Like, any foot problems I had because I was in heels – all the time have like disappeared <laughs> they're gone but i'll never be able to get my feet into a pair of heels ever again <laughs> oh i know i like i just don't know how i will be able to do it yeah i went to my <laughs> sister's wedding like i wore heels at my own wedding but i was on right. grass most of the time so it wasn't really mm-hmm. that bad but i wore heels at my sister's wedding last year and i was like people do this I know. Why? Oh my god. I so for those listening who might not know, I have a horrible affection for Bravo reality shows. And Summer House is on right now. And I love Summer House. It is one of the best. It is like super high quality crazy. And Jenny, do you know about Summer House? Yes, I have heard of it. Okay. So the thing that's crazy about Summer House is that these people rent a house share in the Hamptons. It's super fun. They drive down every weekend. It's great. They get dressed up for meals. (laughs) And they'll do their makeup and they'll do their hair and they'll put on a cute outfit and like, I get it. I totally get it. They put on shoes. That is like modern day Regency living, if ever I have heard of it. Like some of these women get dressed up and then put on like six inch heels to just walk around their fucking house. And yeah, like, I don't get it. First of all, the the my mom, I just hear her yelling at me like, take off your shoes. Do not wear <laughs> your shoes in the house. Right, exactly. I like can't, so I can't odd. fathom it. It's so weird. If I was... In a beautiful beach house, I would be wearing, like, a muumuu barefoot <laughs> all summer right? long. Like, that would be my outfit. But yeah. no one would put me on reality TV because I would look crazy in my muumuu barefoot. 
Or would they? That sounds like a perfect reality TV show. Just me haunting the Hamptons like fucking Miss Havisham. <laughs> no bra, no shoes. <laughs> well, <Just> hey. <laughs> Tits out for the Hamptons. <laughs> oh, God. Well. On that note. On that note. <laughs> the Witcher, episode seven. Yes. We're almost done, guys. Which is how but again we've only been doing this for seven weeks and it feels like seven years (laughs) but it's a pretty important episode oh yeah shit goes down in this episode there are some dramatic reunions Uh, um that we have been waiting for for many uh, weeks and i would argue we've been waiting too long too yeah. long. I think this could have happened an episode sooner, to to be completely honest. But yeah, they could have given us a little bit more of their dynamic, um, in, for like more than two episodes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I also think that, and like we can talk about this next week when we really talk about the finale. But like, I do feel like we could have used a ten episode season instead of an eight episode season. Yeah, I feel like there was some. Uh, and probably it's because, like, maybe COVID reasons as well. But it felt like there were some storylines that definitely just had like a waft, yeah, of of uh, presence in the episode, and then that was kind of it. Um, so yeah, it, I think it we could have seen a little bit more character development yeah um in some places but you know tis what it is (laughs) all right so season two episode seven this one is called voleth mare which also means deathless mother which is a nice indication as to what this episode is mostly about yeah it is I just realized something that was like, oh, didn't think about that before, but I won't spoil it. Oh. Okay. So we start off. So the last episode ends with Siri and Yennefer disappearing into a portal and Geralt like basically begging Yennefer not to take his child away. <sighs> yeah. Rough. Rough go. Real bad. Um, and in this episode, it starts with them arriving via the portal to the hut. Yes. From season one, where Siri had stayed for a little while. But it is burnt down, demolished. Yeah, it is not how Siri remembered it. That is for sure. Yeah. And so basically, I think. Yeah, it has it has been burnt down, right? Because it's we fig we find out that Ryan's has been there looking for Siri. Yeah, I mean that's the implication because the hut is pretty charred and yeah. they do eventually find three dead bodies. And they're yes. like burnt to a crisp. Right. And unfortunately, you know, for Siri, it's not like the first time that Someone helping her has died. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unfortunately, you know, we've got Mousak. We've got that woman from the very beginning. 
Oh, she was like yeah. from Sintra. Yeah, she was kind of an asshole, but she was very nice to Siri. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So now, yeah, so Siri basically finds um one of the bodies and she's just like distraught. Like you know, she's just super upset about everything and like she feels like everything's her fault. And like Yennefer doesn't really help the situation. No, Yennefer does what she does best and manipulates the fuck out of little Siri to kind of, like, guide her in the direction that she wants to go, which is this black door vision that she gets with the Deathless Mother in Nilfgaard. Um, Not Nilfgaard, Sintra. Yeah, but it's, yeah, and I think, well, she tells Siri that she thinks that Maybe Geralt has been captured by Nilfgaard, and so they have to go to Sintra. Yeah. It's like, I don't even know why Siri would believe that, but she's in such a distraught state that she's like, okay, I'm going to believe the adult in the room. Yeah, she she doesn't know which way is up and which way is down no, at this point. Exactly. She knows that, for all intents and purposes, Geralt showed trust in Yennefer, so Siri's going to do the exact same thing, even though... yes. Geralt pretty much figures out that Ciri's not in good hands almost immediately. Right, exactly. So Ciri and Yennefer are sort of like on their way to Sintra, you know, to meet Geralt or find him, rescue him, whatever. And they come across like a river and there's like a, the bridge is collapsed, broken apart or whatever. Um, And Ciri... This is when Yennefer teaches Siri, like, how to harness some of her chaos, right? Yeah, so Yennefer takes this as, like, another mentor moment and tries to teach Siri that, like, it's totally possible. She has enough power to rebuild this bridge. She just has to, like, focus. And Siri probably does have the power to do it, but doesn't really have the focus right now. And she... Starts to bleed from her eyes, which is like gross, but also my favorite trope for witches who use too much power. So yeah, they start it to actually bleed from like yeah. their nose, their eyes, whatever. Right. I don't know why I love it so much, but I love it so much. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like something about magic in the capillaries. <laughs> it makes your of the brain, brain bleed a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> So in her frustration, uh, because she can't do it, um, she screams. And we all know that when Siri screams, crazy wild chaos things happen. And she actually transports them to the other side of the river without having to build the bridge. Yeah, it's a super cool moment. And I, it makes me wonder if like whatever it is with Siri's elder blood that makes her different Maybe it means that her chaos also works differently and that there's just some things that she can't do, but then there are some things that only she can do. I don't know. Like, yeah, that's true. She has like multiple, she has like multiple, um, like powers, you know yeah. what I mean? Whereas like, you know, sometimes like when Yennefer was at Eratusa, they all kind of had like sort of their specific yeah. paths that they mm-hmm. went on. Maybe series is like she just has all of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? She's the like Sailor Moon of the group. Right, exactly. 
<laughs> I mean, she even has blonde hair. <laughs> so, and it's at that moment when Siri realizes what Yennefer actually is doing. Yeah, it's a it's a kind of rough moment because up until this point, like we know we know what Yennefer's intentions are, but yeah. we see that she's struggling with that and she feels like she's having these bonding moments with Siri and there's definitely a relationship happening there and I think it comes at an interesting time because the moment Siri finds out is sort of the moment that Yennefer goes, well, I can't go through with it anyway because like i can't do this to you i'm too attached i know Geralt yeah. is very attached like it just doesn't make any sense yeah i can't do this and and i think probably some of her feels like despite how her relationship with Tisea was at times quite fraught yeah Tisea also provided yennefer with like comfort that she had never experienced in her life before and so i think yennefer probably feels a bit like doing that to siri as well right because siri doesn't have any i mean she has girl but for all intents and purposes she doesn't have her family with her anymore no. yeah she's pretty um, so much they're, alone they're very similar in in many ways right yeah. so so siri um you know is again like super frustrated and you know, mad, and she says that she can't trust Yennefer anymore, and she's, like, screaming, and then that alerts uh, Nilfgaard that they are there. Woo! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's definitely a rough go, and we go from, like, one sort of pseudo-mom-child moment to another. <laughs> so, in Sintra, so we see Francesca and Philavandrel, and basically because of the first elvish baby being born in a long time, the elves have kind of been like, you know, we don't really want to fight for Nilfgaard anymore. We know that we can have children now. We're going to build our own community. We don't want to be basically your patsies anymore. Yeah, it's so funny too because like, and I don't know about you, but for me, I, I sort of assumed that Francesca and Philavangel, you know, had this connection. And the, like, we talked about it before that the parentage of the baby was a little vague. We basically assume, we assume it's Philavangel the entire time. And then in this episode, he's like, what do you want? And like, anything you want. And she's like, I want you to be here with my family. And like, yada, 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 yada. So it's like, that's it now. She's like, all right, I'm over this alliance. Let's just go raise this baby and be done with all this fighting. Like, I don't want yeah, anything to do that anymore. Let's just fight for ourselves. Let's, like, rebuild the elf elfish race. Which, like, like I, I, get I get it to an extent. But it's also like, damn, you used up all of these resources. <laughs> Like, you moved into Sintra to live with Nilfgaard, and now you're like, okay, I'm going to go back on all of my promises and bounce. Like, and, like, sure, fine. Like, Nilfgaard sucks. But, like, <laughs> do you have the resources to do that, guy? Right. Like, Do you have the... You don't have anyone else. Yeah. Nilfgaard is the only person who, like, doesn't super hate you right now, and they don't even like you. Yeah. So it's like, what are you doing? And then, like, speaking of 
Nilfgaard. <laughs> oh, Fringilla. Fringilla, Fringilla, Fringilla. Fringilla is so fascinating to me because she is so scary. She's a, she's terrifying. Like, there's no lengths that she won't go to to sort of, like, get what she needs. And that yeah. is really obvious in this episode. It is. So we see her go to Eratusa to talk to her uncle, uh, Artorius, who is one of the count brotherhood yeah he's on the brotherhood council she basically doesn't know what to do because the sort of one of like the commanders in the Nilfgaard army um and Kahir like basically are not they're not really down with Fringilla being in charge (laughs) and you know they're you know they don't they're not they're just like they kind of tolerate her but they don't really, you know, listen to her and she's feeling sort of really out of her depth. So she goes to talk to him and he's basically just like, yeah, you're right. You're not that powerful uh, and you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Nothing like getting a read down from like your immediate family. Right. It's very, uh, it's not great. Especially because he's really been, even though she may not realize it as a character, he's actually been like kind of like on her side and championing her like to everyone for the last like two like seasons pretty much yeah like, he has her back for sure and yeah. he always gives her the benefit of the doubt even when the rest of the brotherhood do not right which is like so this like whole it's kind of like a departure from what he's done up until now so it's kind of weird that he is just like, yeah, you're not that powerful and you are totally out of your depth. Well, it's like so funny because if, I don't know, it's like when you make fun of my kid, I'll, I'll defend them. But I'm right. the, the only person who can like really tell you what's, what's what basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. So because of that, Fringilla is like super freaked out and, um, you know, is fearful that, you know, her power is going to be taken away and she's going to lose sort of all this control that she has sort of like gathered over the last couple of months, weeks, whatever, who knows what time is on this place. (laughs) And basically she's like, she paralyzes them all at dinner. Oh my God. And like, it's a pretty gnarly. It is brutal. Like, yeah. It is really fun to watch. <laughs> it's great. I love it. So she like poisons, she paralyzes all of them, including Kahir. Yes. But it's only like a temporary poison. Mm-hmm. Just to kind of like subdue them. So they're 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 not dead. Like they're they're conscious. Oh yeah. But very they conscious. are but they are can't move. And basically she kills every single one of them except kahir yeah because deep down inside they're bros but (laughs) right and she does black kind of blackmail him uh into being like you need to tell emperor amir how great i am and you know how i'm you know i have everything under control and he needs to leave me in charge and you know and like Kahir doesn't really have a choice at that point because he's paralyzed and she's just slit the throats of every single other person at the table. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, it's yeah. it's an amazing show of power, and it's like, I don't know. Everything about the Nilfgaard storyline is sort of fascinating to me because we just know so little, right? Like, yeah. we haven't even seen Emperor Amir's face. Like, we have just, we know nothing about their, like, religion and, like, so much mm-hmm. of it is unclear that if she's going going to these crazy sort of lengths to impress him like to me it's like okay this is yeah like who is this guy yeah he's super important like this is a big sort of thing that we haven't quite gotten down to yet and i'm wondering like when the nilfgaard conflict is going to become like central to the show because yeah it's the driving force of all the conflict because it puts siri in danger so it's like yeah when are we getting that i want that i want that exactly Yeah, so then, Daria, we get the moment you have been waiting so long for. And it's it's so stupid. (laughs) Yaskir clearly got locked up after Yennefer basically abandons him to go to the Deathless Mother's hut. Yaskir's, like, boned. Like, he gets locked up, he's in jail, and he's just singing... He's in this, like, little three-man acapella group, but he's the actual only man in it. It's him (laughs) and two mice. (laughs) Oh, God, I love it so much. Joey Beatty is so funny, and his comedic timing is perfection, and his voice is beautiful, and it's just this, like, it's just so I know. so funny. It's so I just funny wanted so, so much more of Yaskier in this whole season. Well, because like it's been I really have liked this season so far. I think it's been really great. Me too, for sure. But Yaskier calls people out on their shit. He's sort of like the guiding like, are you sure you want to do that voice? You know, he's like the, the conscious. Yeah, and he's so funny doing it, and you need that levity. So, yeah, I feel like this season definitely suffered a little bit from just not having him in it as much. Mm-hmm. I agree. But I will say the reunion between Yaskir and Geralt sort of just makes up for it all because it's so perfect. It's so good. Uh, it really is. It's just... It's so great. And, you know, Yaskier's just, like, totally, you know, just, he forgets everything that he hates about Geralt, and he's just, like, number one Geralt fan all over again. It's just, like, it's such a good moment when he, like, so, you know, Geralt gets rid of the guard, and Yaskier's like, what's going on out there? And the door opens, and he's just like, fuck it. And he, like, immediately gives him a hug. It's like. Yeah, so great. And. Geralt does apologize for leaving him on the mountain back in season one, which was two years ago. So, you know, they haven't seen each other in a couple years, but they make up and set off in search of Yennefer and Ciri. But Yaskier does tell uh, Geralt that Yennefer had left muttering something about the hut. And that's when Geralt somehow just like instantly knows they're talking about the Deathless Mother. Yeah, so I mean... You know, we can chalk it up to the fact that he's a witcher and he's supposed to have I this think knowledge. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is very convenient that he immediately understands what's happening. Right. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I just really appreciate the entire conversa- conversation taking place while the ask is bathing in the river. 
I know. It's so great. It's so good. It's a it's- nice little, like, turntabled moment, you know, between. I know. Considering <sighs> we got no baths. <laughs> no bathing scenes at all. I mean, come on, guys. Geralt was wearing far too many clothes this season. Far Honestly. too many. But, like, you know what? He has a newborn. Uh, you know what? I didn't shower much when I had a newborn. So, I get it. I understand. <laughs> Where is the lie? No, Where is the lie? That's fair. It's very fair. <laughs> oh, God. But we, we do get a little bit of backstory, right? You can thank Geralt for being a walking, talking, like, encyclopedia about the world that... The Deathless Mother has been on the continent since what they're calling the conjunction. And, like, yes. forgive me and my tiny little brain, but I don't think they talked about this a lot in season one. And so we've been slowly learning about the conjunction this season. Right. Yeah. And so we know that she's technically not from this world. She's from another world. Mm, right. And that she's been locked away in this hut. And that she feeds off of people's, like, sadness. Like, their despair. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and she, and it, like, it has, and the conjunction was a long time ago. So she's very old and very dangerous. (laughs) So after uh, Yaskir's bath, they are heading to Sintra. And they meet up with uh, another old friend, or friends, I should say. They happen upon the band of dwarves who had been with them on the mission uh, for the dragons on the mountain. Yeah. Um, when the last time that Yaskir and Geralt saw each other. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting thing because that was the last time that Yaskir and Geralt were together and... Now they're all together again, and it's sort of like a nice throwback, and there's a really cute moment where, like, they greet all of the dwarves, and Yaskir's, like, so buddy-buddy with them, and they can't, they don't even, (laughs) they're like, who are you? Like, we don't care about you. We care about the big guy over here. (laughs) Right, exactly. Yeah, oh, gosh. Yeah, so they decide to join Geralt and Yaskir um, on their mission to rescue Ciri from Yennefer. And it's... Kind of one of those funny moments, too, where we joke a lot about Geralt being a horse girl. Um, but there's this really cute scene where they, you know, they give Geralt one of their horses. And he, like, walks over and he's like, you're not my usual, but you'll do. Justice for Roach. <laughs> I know. I'm not over it. I feel like I might write Netflix a letter. I know. Exactly. Still can't get over it. But, well... What else can we do? So while Geralt is getting used to his new riding partner, um, we're back in Sintra with Francesca and Philavandrel and their new baby. And basically, things aren't going great, I guess is how you could put it. (laughs) Sure, that's a really nice way of saying that their baby dies. Yeah. Like, a day into its life. I don't even think. Yeah. I don't know how much. It's been, what, like, 36 hours since this baby's been Yeah, born. not very long. Um, And they don't, we don't really know how the baby dies. It's just that the, she's, mur- the baby is murdered, actually. Yeah. Um, in the night. And part of this is, 
you know, um, when Francesca was in the Deathless Mother's hut, the Deathless Mother mother had told her that her baby would be safe if they remained aligned with Nilfgaard. And now that the elves have decided to, like, peace out of Sintra um, and their sort of partnership with Nilfgaard, now it's like Francesca has been punished for this decision and baby Fiona is murdered. And at this point... A baby, lots of just really funny. I know it's a lot. So with this, things happen. <laughs> yeah, in this episode, it is. This episode is painful. Yeah. Um, and so it's clear by like that point that there is no going back. Yeah. The elves have completely like Francesca is on a war path for vengeance, and she she's done. Basically. And it's. So what's interesting, too, about this is that Dara comes into play a little bit as well. And this is where we learn that Dara is in Sintra for... Dykstra. Dykstra. Thank you. I don't know why (laughs) I forgot his name. But that he has been spying on the elves and Nilfgaard and reporting back to Dykstra through the... magical owl yeah yeah and so he sort of like comes clean about how his allegiance wasn't really to the elves but now it is and like for all of the shit that francesca and philavangel are going through they don't actually hold it against dara which i find pretty interesting yeah they kind of it's not like they'd like banish him or anything they're just like okay thanks for telling us the truth yeah, they're sort of like, we know that it's been really hard being an elf and, like, we don't blame you for trying to survive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, yeah, it doesn't, like, bode well for, like, whatever power Fringilla is trying to hold on if now the elves are, like, really, they're done, you know? Yeah, I wonder, too, like, Francesca made a deliberate decision to kind of move away from the Alliance. Francesca didn't. She's trying to hold on to it as much as she possibly can. So will the Deathless Mother take revenge on Fringilla too? Because technically the alliance isn't happening anymore. Or will she sort of be like, okay, it wasn't you. So, you know, it's fine. Yeah, I'm wondering because if Yennefer is not doing hers, if Francesca is now not doing her part of the bargain, like, does that mean that Fringilla even has the option? Right. At this point, right? Yeah. Like, maybe she's just shit out of luck. <laughs> she is that person who does all the work in the group project. <laughs> Isn't she? Oh, my God. It's so true. And you still get a C. Yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, it is. Poor Frangilla. So, after after we see um, Francesca basically being like, yeah, we're done. Yeah. I'm gonna, you know, burn everything down. Um... We see uh, Geralt and Yaskir and the Band of Dwarves um, eventually catch up to Ciri and Yennefer, who are fighting off the Nilfgaardian army, who had heard them when uh, Ciri screamed at Yennefer. They basically, it's, it's not very hard to take out these, like, kind of, like, yeah, Nilfgaardian like Nilf- fl- yeah, soldiers. Yeah, soldiers or something. They don't care. Um, and Geralt saves Ciri and then immediately turns on Yen. <laughs> and you know, I I 
that was the and I maybe have to do some self-reflection, but that was like the hottest scene of the entire season. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like I really need to I go know. there for a second because when he holds his sword up to her neck and he goes, mine. Like Siri is mine. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. you tried to take her. And she's yeah. just like, yeah, I know. I fucked up, dude. Like, I get it. I and he's know. shaking. He, I mean, it is. I know. He's I so have mad. feelings he about it. so much. It's so much. He loves her. But he loves Siri. Oh, my God. It's so. This episode. God. But it's, it's a lot. It's also um, exciting. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's it's stupidly exciting because you have Yaskier and Yennefer and Geralt and Ciri for the first time I in the know. exact same place. And I know. It's sweet, too, that, like, Geralt is immediately like, go with Yaskier, go back to Kaer Morhen, you will be safe there, go. And Yaskier's like, do I even have a fucking choice in the matter? Like, right. am I no. babysitting this child now? Like, what is my life? Exactly. Um, You're the new nanny. Get out of here. <laughs> it's so, so, so good. And for all intents and purposes, even though Siri is like clearly confused, she listens and goes with him. Yeah. And there's a really funny moment where Yasir's like, hey, and she's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's so great. And you just know that, like, Yaskier's like, oh, God, is this what this is going to be like? Right. He's like, oh, a little baby female version of you? Fuck me. Like, this sucks. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. She's going to be a moody pain in my ass. Oh, like... my God. Oh, it's like, exactly. It's season one all over again. Yes, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. And so Yaskier and Siri leave uh, for Kaer Morhen. And Geralt and Yennefer set off in search for uh Volithmir. Yes. And it's like they have a little bit of a conversation before they leave and she's like I couldn't do it. I knew how important she was to you like da 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 da. And it doesn't really matter to Geralt immediately because he's like but you still did it. Like you still did it. Yeah. And I had to go through all this like this whole process to get her back and like you know, yeah. haven't you learned by now? Like, this isn't the way to go about things. Right. Exactly. Which, like, sure, yes, Geralt, not everything, some things are black and white, some things are not as black and white, but, like, also, your girl Yen has gone through a lot of trauma, she probably has a lot of PTSD, you know, like, you need to cut her a little slack. <laughs> yeah, and so... At this moment now, right, we've said that the deathless mother feeds off of despair. We have Francesca mourning the death of her daughter. We have mm-hmm. Frangilla freaking the fuck out about yeah, she's her, terrified. her place in the Nilfgaardian yeah. army. Yep. We have Siri, who is, like, real confused and messed up. And we have Yennefer, who's feeling massive amounts of guilt and desperation. Yep. And so, although they get to the hut... They are way too late because the Deathless Mother has consumed so much of their despair that she is like, boom, gone, free as a bird, ready to like wreak some fucking havoc. Yeah, exactly. And basically she's just kind of like a spiritual entity um, at this point when she like 
leaves the hut mm-hmm. and she's looking for the perfect vessel, which of course is Siri. Yeah, and so it's like duh, right? Siri is this really special little bean. She has this elder blood. She has all of this power. And if the Deathless Mother wants to, like, start her life over again, why not pick the chosen one who's 13 years old? Exactly. (laughs) She's got a lot of life left to live and a lot of power. Yeah. Yeah. And that is where season two, episode seven ends. It's a really beautiful scene, too. Like... We've talked before about how the budget increases have been really obvious, but just that shot of them riding through the forest with Siri in front and you see the like glittery green. Yes. Yeah. Firefly (laughs) spirit. I mean, like it's a beautiful moment. It's, it's really good. And it's scary as fuck. Cause you're like, damn, Siri's a mess all by herself. Like (laughs) you put an evil lady in her body and. Right. Because you're going to get messed up. Right, exactly. They were worried about Siri being like a hormonal teenager all on her own. Like, she got like a like psychotic old lady in there now. <laughs> yeah, she's got a like thousand year old scorned meanie in there. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. So yeah, we, oh, can you believe we, next week is our last episode of Witcher. <laughs> It's a lot, and now we have, like, what, a year and and some change before we get season three? Oh, yeah, probably. I don't At think we'll... At the very minimum a year. Yeah, really, probably. We'll see it in 2023 sometime. Yeah, but we have lots more things to look forward to, Daria. We do, yes. And I, I think you guys are going to be really excited about what we have planned. Yes, I'm excited. it will be... Very fun. Um, And we are going to go more in-depth on that next week um, as we finish up The Witcher. But we have a lot of fun things planned for the end of February uh, and most of March. So make sure you tune in next week um, so we to hear all about that. Um, But, uh, Daria, is there anything that you just, like, can't stop thinking about right now? Yes. As I rapidly flitter through all of my obsessions in media, uh, I started watching Yellow Jackets, and I didn't stop watching Yellow Jackets until there was no more Yellow Jackets to watch. I binged, <laughs> <laughs> I binged the shit out of this show, and yeah. I, I've never loved a show more than I. I've never loved a debut season. More than I've loved the first season of Yellow Jackets. Like, it is such good, fun, creepy, unhinged, deranged television. Awesome. <laughs> Sounds great. It's, so it's like, and we've talked about this a little bit before. You know, it's about a, a girls soccer team in New Jersey, which is mm-hmm. my home state. So I feel very right. exactly. sentimental. Yeah. Uh, it's set in the 90s. And it's about this soccer team. They win state, and that means they're going on to nationals. And it's, like, this really big deal. And one of the players on the team has a very wealthy family, and he gets them a private jet. And that private jet 
crashes and happens to land in the middle of some Canadian mountain wilderness. It is cold. It is desolate. It is like, you know, Lord of the Flies, but with teenage girls. Oh, man. Yeah. Yikes. And it's scary enough on its own, but there's like a very deliberate, like, view like you're seeing everything as if it's like a horror movie like even the most basic of scenes has something really weird about it like it could just be someone standing in a doorway and you hear Mm -hmm. like boom 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 you're like you know oh yeah so you just you you're constantly sort of on the edge of your seat trying to figure out what's going to happen but what i love about it the most outside of incredible incredible like youth adult casting like i've never seen a better like I don't know how they did it I don't know if they cast the adults first and then the teenage girls or they I mean Mm, either way mm -hmm. it is so believable and they all match each other's mannerisms really well oh wow that's cool but it's not like a show that tries to to trick you oh okay like it's a little twisty and it's a little thrillery but like it doesn't feel like lost or mm-hmm. American Horror Story, where shit's just happening to happen. Right, like, yeah. There yeah. are little seeds dropped the entire time. And so you feel really good when you get to the end and you're like, oh, f- of course. Like, that's exactly what was supposed to happen. Yeah. I love storytelling like that. Succession is a lot like that, too, where, like, yeah, something big happens and then you get an hour where you're like, oh, well, s- episode three and four and seven and ten all alluded to that and, like, yeah, it's kind of like a really sort of nice like vindication mm-hmm. that you were like you got it. Yeah, you were kind of in on the joke almost. Yeah, because you're you're invested and you're yeah. you know you're trying to like put the pieces together, and it feels good when you can put the pieces together and they fit. You could Instead say you're of... like living vicariously. Through the characters. But, um, yeah. I love it. It's like really great. The soundtrack is amazing. I desperately need you to watch this show. I, really... I know. It, it is on my list. We just finished watching part one of Ozark, which is like the first seven episodes. Mm. And then the second part, I think, is coming sometime this year. I'm not sure when. So we just finished that uh, the other night, and we are just catching up on the um, Boba Fett show. We were a couple of episodes behind, I mm. think. So I think we're caught up now. So yeah, so we have we have some free time, so now we can <laughs> start Yellow Jackets. I think it's an uh, it's a show that my husband will like too. So because he's kind of like into like kind of like thriller horror kind of movies, so. I think you will enjoy it. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think you're going to love it. I think you're going to love it. Oh, my God. Even though I don't love horror, but, like, I also said that, and then I absolutely loved Midnight Mass, so. Well, and it's, it's, so it's, it's funny because it's not that scary, you know? It just has a lot of similar, like, I don't know how to explain it. It's like a horror sensory experience, but no yeah. actual horror kind of happens. 
Yeah, the you know horrors, I mean? the people. Yeah, well, yeah, because it's definitely yeah. a survivalist show, and, like, yeah. they're put into really weird situations, and, you know, like, what do you do when you're trapped in the wilderness, mm-hmm. and, like, you have airplane snacks to, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's... Oh, my God, yeah, yeah. It's interesting in that way, but I wouldn't, like, call it a horror show. It just sort of harkens sure, back yeah. to a lot of those tropes, mm-hmm. which I love. Like, I think it's such yeah, a smart sure. way to tell the story. Yeah, no, I'm very excited to see it. So look forward to all those text messages very soon. <laughs> uh, but to go back to Boba Fett, did you love the last episode? I don't know that I saw the last episode, though. So I don't want to. Was it think. with Mando? <laughs> yeah, okay, That's yeah. The most recent yeah. episode. <laughs> yes, okay. So then, yes, it was. It was with Mando. And I was like. Mando! So it was such a, like, I'm sorry. And, like, I have really enjoyed Boba Fett. I really yeah. have. But, like, I deeply love The Mandalorian. <laughs> like, deeply. that show, I, like, I love him so much. Hearing Pedro Pascal's voice. I know. I know. Let that man narrate my life. It is so soothing to listen to him. <sighs> Literally anything. And I you know cameos. <laughs> how much I love a like reluctant leader storyline. Yeah. So oh, I, I can't so wait for good. season um for season three like of Mandalorian. I'm really really excited. Mm-hmm. But I am excited to see where the rest of this season goes with Boba Fett. Yeah, because... no, I I am actually really enjoying the Boba Fett show. I really am. Um, I didn't think that maybe I would because I'm like not like a huge Star Wars fan. Sure, like, yeah, okay. same. I mean, my husband deeply is. Like, my child same. is named after someone <laughs> from Star Wars. <laughs> so like, yeah, I guess like we like. I like it enough to let my child be named after someone from Star Wars. Sure, 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 sure. But, your, like... Your, your child, um... <laughs> C-3PO. Yes. Right, exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me send you a video, because she, uh, did that today. Her impression of C-3PO, and it was Get hilarious. Out! Yeah, no, it was really funny. Uh, and she is also, like, kind of like a general, uh, sometimes. So... <laughs> Yeah, so no, but we, like, I only watched it when I was, like, a like an older teenager. Yeah. I wasn't really into anything else about it. I went and saw the new movies because, like, my husband wanted to see them. Like, I'm not, you know, I didn't watch, like, Clone Wars and stuff like that. Sure, yeah. So when The Mandalorian came out, I was like, I guess I'll watch it. And then I was like, I love this show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, so when it was like, oh, there's this Boba Fett show, I was like, oh, I, okay, I guess. And then, but yeah, no, I really, I actually really, really liked it. And I'm looking forward to see how it's going to, like, wrap up. Yeah, there's been a lot of controversy about the show because I guess some adult men don't think it's violent enough. They don't think that, like, it makes sense with who Boba Fett was in the original films, but, like, not for nothing, Boba Fett had zero storyline in the original films. He was, like, a fun background character who literally falls into a pit and disappears forever. So, like... Right, and, like, the other time he's, like, a child. Yeah. So, it's <laughs> it's just, like, A, remember that Star Wars is for children. And also, 
give it a shot. Like you have to sort of view these shows as full stories and we we're, we're, we're getting like a buildup. So I don't know. I love it. I, I love that we've gotten so much of him with the Tuscan Raiders and how it's like shaped him on that, what kind of leader he wants to be. And I just love a ragtag group of criminals. So yeah, I'm very happy with it so far. I'm excited to yeah. see where it's going to go. And I, I want man I want Mando to come back. <laughs> I know. I want him to be like I really forgot how much I had missed him until getting that like little package that looks like Grogu. It's so Ooh. tiny. I know. I, know. I want to see that baby chain mail. <laughs> anyway. Uh yeah, so that this that's what I've been thinking about, baby chain mail. <laughs> I guess. Hey, listen, we all have our things, Jenny. Right, exactly. Yeah, so that's that's basically it for this week, folks. If you want to listen to back episodes of our podcast, uh, you can find us at www.hotelvicarious.com. You can also email us at hotelvicarious at gmail.com. Or you can talk to us on socials. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Hotel Vicarious. And if you feel so inclined to show us a little bit of love, you can rate us, review us, recommend us to your friends, the whole nine please, yards. Please, please, We are so friendly and cool, you know, which is probably not a, a cool thing to say, but whatever, it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, thank you guys for listening Thanks for checking in to Hotel Vicarious. We hope you enjoyed your stay. <laughs>